Well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this live broadcast. Pastor Todd Coconato here in the great state of Florida. Yes, I am tired. So somebody's probably going to say, Pastor Todd, you look tired. Yes, I'm tired. That's why I'm in my hotel room and I'm going to get some rest tonight and then be back at it tomorrow. But I wanted to do a live and uh, just say hello to you guys. Talk about a few important issues and uh, maybe we'll take some questions towards the end of the broadcast as well. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Welcome, Remnant Warriors. If I didn't say that, I think I did, but I might not have. All right, so here's a couple things on my mind. First of all, I was just reading a story. Uh, so remember that couple uh, that were that, that their neighborhood got invaded by BLM protesters? You guys remember that couple and they came outside with the guns? I think one of them had like maybe a rifle and the other one had... You know, handgun. It was a husband and wife. You guys remember them? And I think he's running for some type of position. Uh, I want to say senator, but I'm not sure. I've never met them. I know they spoke. I think they spoke at the RNC. Um, here, let me turn that off. That's going to make some noise over there. Um, anyways, do you guys remember them? Well, anyway, I just saw uh, come across my phone that they uh, they ended up pleading guilty. What in the world? Why would they plead guilty? They were just protecting their home. So. I'll have to look into more of that, but it, the, the sad thing about that, not only did they plead guilty, but they also were having to give up their guns. Uh, they had several misdemeanors against them, I guess, and they, they're going to have to give up their guns. So I'm, I'm specifically wearing my, my shirts. So here's the cross, the American flag, and I stand for the right to bear arms. I believe it's a, it's a, it's a right that Americans have that we do not want to give up. And, uh, you know, I've been in certain situations, you know, I pastored in Los Angeles for 17 years and we were out there during the big earthquake it was the Northridge earthquake. And there's certain times, uh, Katrina, uh, times where the social services, in other words, the police department, other services break down and they're not able to respond. And sometimes there's looting. I was also in Los Angeles during the, uh, the riots, you know, the LA riots, and if you, you know, you called the police during the LA riots, you better believe no one's going to show up. Um, you know, maybe, maybe if you're lucky, they'll come, but they might come, you know, even if like on any given Saturday night in Los Angeles, you know, or any big city in America, especially in the ones where they've defunded the police with this ridiculous push. I mean, one of the most foolish things that anybody could ever push is to defund the police. You know, it's so ironic because the people that are pushing this all have armed bodyguards. Uh, if you go to members of Congress and, you know, different things, you know, uh, people in, in positions of power, a lot of the times these woke and progressive, um, you know, politicians and the people that are all for, you know, uh, abolishing the police or abolishing ICE or defunding the police, and you find that they all have armed bodyguards. So, they don't live, you know, and I think you guys see that. And I think a lot of Americans are starting to see this. I think people all around the world see this, is, is that these people don't practice what they preach. They want you to be unarmed. They want you to have no protection if the services, uh, you know, are, are inundated because of some type of event. Uh, it could be maybe in your, your New York City and there's a major blackout or something. You know, there's there's many different things to where all of a sudden, you know, the people can be, uh, you know, exposed in other words, I don't mean exposed as like, you know, the information coming out. I mean exposed as like you're sitting there in your home and you have no protection. Of course, you can pray. And that's, uh, I believe that the Lord does put angels around us and answers our prayer. Don't get me wrong. But but even in the word of God, you know, it talks about, you know, the sword and 
you know, I think there's nothing wrong with protecting yourself and being able to bear arms according to what the Constitution says in the Second Amendment. And, uh, you know, there's been this push, it's a steady push, to disarm the citizenry here in the United States. And I'm just, you know, it's pretty sad that these uh, these people have to give up their weapons. All they were doing, they were outside protecting their home. And uh, there was a mob, literally a mob. And I, I, I tell you, I tell the story, there was this, uh, this woman who's a preacher. She's an African-American elderly woman, you know, now in her elder years. And uh, she's a preacher. And she was in Washington, D.C. And I, I talked to her. And she said that there was a mob. This was during when all the riots were happening. You guys remember that? Uh, during COVID and all of a sudden they had all the riots after George Floyd and all that situation. And, and there was a mob that was going door to door. You don't hear this type of reporting. You don't hear this type of reporting, but she was telling me this story. And this was a primarily African-American neighborhood, by the way. And she was in her home and people were going to door to door. And she actually prayed and they, they left her home alone. So it was actually a miracle. But she was terrified because right next door, they went into that home and they were breaking the windows and terrifying her neighbors. And she thought this mob was coming to her. You don't hear that type of story. It's, it's actually amazing how one-sided the mainstream corporate media are in telling. Remember when they were just like, peaceful protests, peaceful protests. You know, they kept saying that, peaceful protests. And there's like pictures of literally fires behind the CNN reporter or whoever it was. I don't know if it was CNN. I better be careful. Uh, but whoever the reporter was, there was some reporter on TV. I remember it very specifically. And he's literally saying, you know, uh, there's no, there's no, you know, it's peaceful protest. And, and behind him, buildings and cars are on fire. So it's just, it reminds me of Baghdad Bob. Remember Baghdad Bob? He's like, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing back the American troops. We're, we're killing all the American troops. Meanwhile, you know, American troops were winning, you know, bigly in, a, in, uh, in that war back in, I think it was uh, the Persian Gulf War. But, you know, that, that's what this type of reporting is, you know. And so uh, peaceful protest. But then, of course, when it's about January 6th, it's, it's a complete flip, you know. Then, then it's an insurrection at the Capitol. But nothing about the cities that burned down for months and months. No one talks about that stuff, you know, because the mainstream media. And, I, you know, again, I like, to, I like to talk about the media. I think more and more people are waking up to seeing the propaganda, uh, but that's also why I'm in the battle that I'm in right now. So I'll keep my mouth shut today, uh, but just pray for me. Thank you for praying for me. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm surprised that that couple gave in, but, but it reminds me of what I'm going through because that's what they want to do is they want to go after people that are literally, you know, doing what they're rightfully allowed to do according to the constitution and defending their property. These were registered weapons on their property while a mob was coming down the street. But yet for some reason, they're the bad people. They're the bad people and they have to give up their guns and they pleaded guilty. So I don't know what type of counsel that they had. Uh, I know that the gentleman, I think he's running for, like I said, a position in government. So maybe he thought that it'd be better just to get this behind him. And I will tell you, it's exhausting when you're going through any type of legal situation, it's exhausting. That's what they want to do. They want to wear you down. They want you to feel, you know, just like the, the walls are closing in on you and, you know, you got to just give in and, and just give up to, you know. And so uh, this is this is modern warfare, ladies and gentlemen. It's spiritual warfare. It's all spiritual warfare. But this is what they're putting people that are speaking out that are. You know, this is what they're putting people through to try to wear them down and try to get them exhausted and just make them feel defeated. But luckily, I mean, thank God it's not luck, but it's it's God's grace and his mercy. He's with us. And I always say he's with us even till the end of the age. Um, 
So we got to remember, we got the God of heaven and earth on our side. And I believe there's angels encamped around me. And I, I, I will tell you that woe to the man that touches God's anointed. Woe to the man or woman that touches God's anointed. Woe to the man or woman who, who steps uh, in a way against the church, who comes against God's bride. Woe to that person who comes against the bride. You will have to deal with the God of heaven and earth. And you know what? You can make all the threats you want and you can try to do all these different things. But woe to that person because we know what the word of God says. And we have to remember who we are. And I'm just continually pressing in and remembering my identity in Jesus Christ and who I am. I serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords who sits on the throne. And so that's where my faith is. That's where my trust is. That's my firm foundation. That's the rock that I stand on. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so that's why we continue to press ahead. And, and you know what? Maybe there's one or two days where I've been out, you know, just trying to get things together. And I know that you all forgive me for that. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for that grace. And thank you for that mercy. And thank you for standing. Like I said last night, if you didn't see the broadcast, appreciate you. Can't tell you. There's no words for me to express the, the gratitude, the thanks that I have for those that have been praying and, and believing with us that God is going to move on our behalf in our own situation and also in our nation. Uh, another thing that I want to talk about here, which is just wild, is what happened at the Southern Baptist Convention uh, this last week. So uh, I'm actually right. I just wrote an article on it and I made a statement, short, really short statement about it, nothing big, but, uh, you know, just talking about how I'm concerned in what I'm seeing in, in many of these denominations where there is like this uh, progressivism that is, has now infiltrated the body of Christ. And uh, we saw Ed Litton get, get, now I'm not a Southern Baptist. I wanna make you, you guys all know that. I'm not a Southern Baptist, but I live in an area that's predominantly Southern Baptist. You know, I live in the South. So there's a lot of Southern Baptists and it's, it's a very powerful denomination. Uh, a lot of people are in the Southern Baptist denomination. I'm a spirit-filled pastor. Uh, I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a believer in Jesus. I believe in the word of God. I wouldn't even label me a Pentecostal. I'm a non-denominational, but I'm spirit-filled. And that, that just means that I believe God is, is still able to do miracles, signs and wonders even today. And why do I believe that? I'll tell you why. I've experienced them firsthand. So I, I would be lying to you or denying what I have tangibly seen, not only in the natural, but in the supernatural, in my own life and ministry, where I have seen people get healed. I have seen people get delivered of, of demons and all, all types of things that sounds wild, but yet I've witnessed it firsthand. So, you know, for me, I can't deny what I've seen. I, it's something I've experienced. I've, I've watched people get out of wheelchairs over the years. I've watched people get healed. Their eyes get healed. I've watched people get healed through prayer. I've watched marriages healed. I've watched many, many people healed. So for me, I can't deny what I've seen and I know what God has done in, in my life. And so that's why I believe that. And so it's, it's really not even anybody else's influence. It's more what God has shown me firsthand. And, uh, and so that's why I believe that miracles still happen today. And I'm, I believe that God is about to do something powerful in my own life and also in the life of this nation. And we're watching it. I was just at a a service today or, you know, a conference today where literally, I mean, as far as the eyes could see, this is in America, you know, in, in Tampa, Florida, as far as the eyes could see people just, you know, I put a picture up and so you could see this massive pavilion at the river church in Tampa, my friend, Pastor Rod at Howard Brown's church, just, just unbelievable. And, and just watching all the people there to me, this is something that we've prayed for for years 
and we're seeing this harvest. And so this is a miracle and this is what God is doing and he's moving and, and we're seeing this happen and it's exciting. And, and we know that something big is happening and we know that something even bigger is coming. So I believe in miracles. I believe they're for today. I believe the gifts of the spirit are for today. It's hard for me to believe how some people don't believe that. Uh, but I know there's a large portion of people that don't. So, uh, so anyways, I, it, you know, it's concerning that this, uh, this, this vote in the, in the Southern Baptist movement, uh, where they put this person who's definitely more socially progressive, uh, who thinks critical race theory is not a problem, not a problem at all. Uh, meanwhile, you know, kids, I'm getting reports of people in, in different school districts that they're coming home with homework specifically for the white kids. What? Only the white kids. And they have to like write like something about, you know, what's bad about being white or I don't know, you know, exactly how it is. But the parents are calling me. They're reaching out to me and they're telling me about this critical race theory teaching that's infiltrated now our schools and our colleges and, you know, campuses all across the country. Um, you know, they push this, especially after the George Floyd situation. And it, it, you know, I think this is what I think it is and what I've studied and, and seeing what this is, is I think it's just uh, a lie from the pit of hell. I think it's something that's meant to divide us. Uh, God made us in his likeness and his image. He made us fearfully and wonderfully. He took his time creating us. We should be thankful for the way he made us. If your skin is light or dark or yellow or white or Whatever color it is, God made you that way and, and embrace the way he made you and be thankful. Say, thank you, Lord, for the way that you've made me. And I'm, I, you didn't make any mistakes. You know, you didn't make any mistakes, you know, and, and just, and, but when, when you have to apologize for the, the color of your skin, that's not the vision of Dr. King. That's not the vision of Dr. King. And uh, this is a lie from the pit of hell. I think it's a communist propaganda and like so many other things that they're pushing on us and they're doing this very rapidly where this, all these indoctrinations of our young people, they go to school and they become progressives and, and it's not a good progressivism, it's, it's indoctrination. You know, a lot of us are afraid to send our kids to college because we're afraid they're gonna come back and be totally brainwashed. And uh, this is what a lot of these colleges are doing and, and more and more parents are, are taking up homeschooling because you know, they don't want this indoctrination and they're watching this curriculum. They're like, no, I don't want my kids taught that. I don't want them apologizing for being white. So a lot of scary things that we're seeing in our society. And, and I think the, the really concerning thing to me is, is that elements of the church are embracing these uh, propaganda, you know, communist doctrines. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned and I'm, I'm kind of sad to see, uh, you know, these, these quote unquote pastors and, and people that are saying, oh, there's no problem. No problem. How is there no problem with that? What do you mean? There's no problem with that. You don't have a problem with your kid apologizing for his skin color. What's wrong with you? I mean, what's wrong with you? You know, and you know, people will try to flip this and say, well, you're racist. If you, you know, that is the biggest nonsense <laughs> every day in my life. I mean, I was just with Melissa Tate today. She's an awesome woman of God, African-American woman that's out there speaking boldly. Thank God for Melissa Tate, right? Uh, I was just with uh, Pastor Mark Burns today, an African-American pastor where, you know, I love that guy. I met his parents who came to watch him speak. You know, I mean, I've always hung out with all races and colors and creeds. And honestly, I don't see their skin. Like, of course, I see it like in the natural, but I don't see, uh, you know, like, oh, wow, they're this color. Or they're that color. I have to act a certain way or I have to. They're just my brethren. They're my friends. And this is the way it's been my whole life. And then it's just. 
It's only in the last couple of years all of a sudden people started trying to throw around this. You're racist. You're racist. You know, what are you talking about? I'm racist. Like anybody that knows Todd Coconato, Pastor Todd, you know, our church has been diverse. We've had people of different colors and, and, and races. And, and, you know, we, we just never even think about that. You know, anybody's welcome. All are welcome. In any meeting, any gathering that I speak at, you're all welcome. You know, and we never would, that would never be a determining factor. And it's just so ridiculous. And we have to push back against their narrative and what they try to say, because it's just such a ridiculous thing. And it is, there's no merit there whatsoever. And they try to accuse. And, and the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. It's an accusation. It's an, they're accusing. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. And, uh, and we need to just, you know, call a spade a spade. That's what it is. Um, and, you know, and, and it's, it's these, these Christian uh, universities. What? Christian universities. Really? So, you know, it's people are just, they're giving in, they're capitulating. And again, I love the, the many Southern Baptist pastors that are friends of mine and people that are in the organization. I'm not here to talk smack. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to like, you know, oh, the Southern Baptist, blah, blah, blah. No, like we, we, we fight for unity in the body of Christ. And, you know, we don't unif unify just for the sake of unifying. We unify with brethren. We unify with people that have the same core beliefs. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. There's only one way of the Father through the Son. He died on the cross for our sins. You know, core Christian doctrine. And and people that believe that have given their heart to the Lord, I can align with those people. But not when they buy into this nonsense. I can't align with people that buy into that nonsense. How can I align with them? I don't agree. It's wrong. And and I feel they lack discernment. I can't align. I can't uni unify just for the sake of unifying. You know, we have to have a like mind and we have to have the spiritual discernment and wisdom to see this for what it is. This is a divisive ta tactic and it's been used before because if they can divide us by race and by ethnicity and all these different things, then that's that makes us weaker and divided we fall, united we stand. That's why we're one nation under God and the way that the, the founders of this nation crafted the constitution, they did that for a purpose, you know? And, and over the last many years, they've tried to just slowly, it's like one thing after another, and you're never going to appease the cancel culture. You're never going to make them happy because as soon as they have one victory, they go for the next and they're just, they're going for the gusto. They're just going to keep going and going and pushing and pushing. And they want to silence anybody who's like myself and they go after us. It's wild, but we've got to stand. And God has raised up warriors and people that are willing to stand and people that are strong in their faith and that's the way we got to be, ladies and gentlemen. We can't back down. It's very, very hard. And we have to pick and choose our battles. I'm not saying get into every battle. And I don't in, in any way say to be violent. Violence is not the answer. We're Christian. We're Christian. The way that we battle, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against strongholds and principalities. So we have to learn. That's why we're remnant warriors. We have to learn how to do this in the battle in the spirit. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of churches that are teaching real spiritual warfare, how to actually win. And, you know, God has given us all the tools that we need, every tool that we need to be a remnant warrior, to be a spiritual warfare, you know, expert in spiritual warfare and to win. And I will tell you, I've had major victories in my life and by no means am I perfect or do I have it all figured out or am I better than anybody? But I study the word of God and I've had some great mentors and, uh, and, you know, people that have been willing to pour into my life over the years. And I make mistakes. I want to make very clear to the media and all the people that try to tear me down. I am not perfect. And I make mistakes. And I always tell people, don't follow Todd. Don't make an idol out of this pastor. 
follow God, but my, my heart, my passion, my desire is to be a light and a good example. And, and in my walk with Jesus, and again, I make mistakes, but I press ahead and my desire is to point you and to point anybody that listens to the words that I speak to point them to Jesus and the King of Kings. And that's what's allowed me to sustain my faith, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm going to tell you, there's been some pastors in my life that were big people in my life over the years, and I really looked up to them. And, you know, occasionally they've let me down. Occasionally they disappointed me. But I've learned to love them through grace and understand that they're just human and that they're good people and they do make mistakes. And if we can understand that we never make an idol out of men, of course, we have mentors and, you know, people that like, you know, uh, let me give you an example. Mar I always talk about Mario Murillo. You know, I love Mario. I'm going to be preaching with Mario at the, at the Grand Old Opry in just a couple days, you know, uh, July 4th. But that's somebody I feel like, and again, you know, Mario will tell you he's not perfect. He's not perfect, but what he, you know, he's somebody that at least I can look to and say, you know, Mario's going to get it. He's going to get it. He's going to probably give me, you know, if I went to him and I said, Mario, I need your advice on this, or I need, you know, good biblical counsel. You know who else is like that? My mom. My mom is a strong woman of God. You know, I can, I could go to my mom and, you know, she's, she's a, you know, an elder and I could say, mom, what is the, what do you feel that the word of God says about this? And she'll tell me, you know, and I hope that you have people in your life like that. And if you don't, here's my advice. And, and you know, I can just keep going. I mean, there's many, many people in my life like that, but I wanted to give my mom some credit today because she is a strong woman of God. But the, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that, that are like that, that you can look to for godly counsel and wisdom and their elders. That's why there's the position of elders in the body of Christ. It's good to be in a, and if you have a church and they don't have any elders, that's a problem. You want to have elders. And if you're in a situation where you don't have anybody that you can go to, I highly encourage you to ask the Lord to give you wisdom and, and a way that you can either be planted in a church that is a remnant church where there are elders and people that can give you good godly counsel. And guess what? We're connected. We're connected. And I, you know, listen, I get a high volume of emails and it's getting more and more and more. And sometimes I'm not able to respond to everybody. But if I haven't responded, ding me again, you know, ping me or whatever they call it, you know, write me again and say, hey, Pastor Todd, just, you know, I wrote you a little while ago. You never responded. But, you know, if you have a question, I'm willing to answer it too. Uh, because, you know, so we are connected in this community and God has. So even if there's no one else in your life, you know, there's me and uh, hopefully there's others that you can go to and, and, you know, the mouth of two or more witnesses, my word is established. That's what the word of God says. I believe God will answer you. He's already answered us. The word of God, if we get to know the word of God and we study it every day, you know, we can pretty much be understanding about what God wants for us because it's all in the word anyways, you know, but we, he also gives us discernment through the Holy Spirit. And then he gives us wise counsel and people that are elders and leaders and pastors and people that you can you know, bounce things off of and, and, and get good godly counsel. So there's, there's different ways that we can do this, but, but, you know, it's got to always be in accordance to the word of God. And when I look at some of these things like critical race theory, and other, that is not in accordance to the word of God. God doesn't say, go apologize for the way I made you. How silly is that? That's totally against what the word of God says. What does the word of God say? That I made you fearfully and wonderfully. You know, that, that my plans for you are hope in the future. My promise is yes and amen. I'm with you even till the end of the age. These are the things that the Lord has said. He hasn't said, go apologize for the way that I made you. I made you wrong. And that's where the same, the same thing. And I'm, I'm just going to lay it all out there today. Why not? I'm already in trouble. Right? <laughs> Why not just lay it all out there, right? Um, I'm going to talk to you about the gender situation. This is the same thing. God didn't make a mistake. Like, oh, he, you know, God made a mistake. He, he made you a man, but you're really supposed to be a woman. That is nonsense. That's a lie from the pit of hell. 
That's confusion, and that's a lie from the pit of hell where the enemy is trying to confuse you on your identity in him and who you are and how he made you. And so these are things that we have to fight for in our faith and in our walk and in our journey. And I'm saddened that more pastors aren't willing to talk about these things because they're afraid of the cancel culture. They're afraid of the mob. They're afraid of what they think are consequences. But you know what I'm afraid of? I'm more afraid of what God, the consequences of God. I'm more afraid of as a pastor not telling you the truth because I have to answer the king. I have to answer the king of kings. And so that's what my, that's what my worry is. And again, I'm not perfect and I make mistakes. Listen, I was telling my friend Shane, he's a pastor. Sometimes I'll share his stuff. He's a good man. Uh, but I was telling him, I said, you know, Shane, I said, it's hard because I'm always on the record. Like today I did like a bunch of radio interviews and, you know, all these people are interviewing me and stuff. And it's like, you have to be fast on your feet. And thank God he's given me an anointing, I believe, in that area where I can talk. But sometimes I'll say things and like a few minutes later, I'm like, oh man, what did I just say? And that's it. It's live. Like you've said it, you know? So forgive me ahead of time. Like once in a while, like I have to go to the Lord and say, please forgive me, Lord, if I, if I misspoke or if I said something incorrectly or it didn't please you. But I do my best. And I think you guys know that. And I believe you do the same thing. I believe you do your best. And that's all it's about. That's where grace and mercy comes in. We have to have grace and mercy. Listen, even the best, you know, Dr. Billy Graham, or, you know, I mean, who, whoever you consider the best in the, in, the, in the Christian world, even the best misspeak sometimes, even the best. So we have to have mercy and God has mercy. Thank God that he has mercy and he has mercy on you. And, and you know, you can't be so hard on yourself, you know? And, and people sometimes they're just like, oh, this, this person did this. They, this is what I hear all the time now. You know, I'll, I'll take a picture with somebody. I'll have somebody on my radio show. I'll go preach somewhere. And somebody somewhere will write me every single time. And they'll say, why did you do this with that person? Why did you do? And you know what? I just want to explain that. I just, I love people. And I, I've asked the Lord. I said, Lord, show me the way you see these people. And I know some of these people well, and I know they've repented of things. I know they did something stupid five years ago, or I know they did something stupid a couple years ago, or you know, maybe even a couple months ago. But because I've been forgiven a much, and I've done my own share of things in my lifetime, I have grace. And I know God has grace, and God has forgiven me a much. And to much is given, much is required. And so we, we've got to remember the love of Christ too. And so it's this delicate balance. I mean, of course, we, we want to point out if somebody's, you know, heretical and they're out there teaching false doctrine or, the, you know, and they're, they're unrepentant. Of course. I mean, there's people out there that are doing that. Like, hey, look, I'm calling out this guy, uh, Mr. Litton. And again, see, with Mr. Litton, who's just taken over the SBC, he's redeemable. I mean, maybe he just needs to come out and denounce some of these things that he's embraced. And uh, you know what? Tomorrow I would be like, hey, Mr. Litton, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for taking a second look at that. And you have a big responsibility as the president of the Southern Baptist Conference. So, you know, we're praying that God gives you wisdom and we're praying that God gives you strength and we're praying that God gives you discernment and he could, he could turn around tomorrow. So I'm not here to condemn him and say like, oh my gosh, he's the worst person in the world. But at the same time, I'm concerned about what I'm seeing in the, in the, uh, in the conference, you know, and this isn't the first conference that I've seen that, by the way, I was just with another group of pastors a little smaller group because the Southern Baptists are huge, but I was just in another smaller group of pastors and I saw a very similar thing where there was an infiltration. And by the way, this has been happening for years. You know, it happened in the Methodist movement. It happened in the Presbyterian movement. This has been a push for a while. And so what we need to do is it's very simple. Is Here's the winning strategy. You want to hear the winning strategy? Here's the winning strategy. 
Just hold fast to the word of God. Hold fast to core Christian doctrine. Hold fast to the word of God. Stand by the word of God. Never compromise. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. We can't compromise. We can't give in to the, to the cancel culture, to the mob, to the woke mob that's coming after the saints of God. And, and now the pastors, now the pastors are like, it's like the Wild West and the pastors are like the outlaws. How did the pastors become the outlaws in the United States of America? That is insanity. Because if we, if we stand on the Constitution, pastors, Christians, our faith, we're protected. And the Constitution is the law of this land. But unfortunately, there's been people that have pushed for a long time to, it's an infiltration from within. It's an incremental, you know, they push, they push, they push. And now look what uh, pastors are embattled. And I'll tell you, Ar Arthur Pulowski is here right now. He's a pastor. I just took a picture with him and put it on my social media last night, but I saw him again today. And this was cool, by the way. It was me, Arthur Pulowski, Mark Burns, Pastor Mark Burns, Pastor David, uh, Pastor uh, Greg Locke. We were all like hanging as four today. How cool is that, right? And then there was like, uh, you know, a couple other people that are running for Senate and my friend, uh, you know, Dr. Cordy. I mean, there, you know, it was such a cool group right there in that like little area. And I thought, these are, these are remnant warriors. This is, these are people that are standing. And, uh, you know, I just find myself honored to be uh, in the presence of some of these people. And, and God is connecting the remnant. And, uh, you know, he's connecting those people that have been through hell and back, have been through the refiner's fire but are willing to stand. And th this is all, you know, th this is where we're at right now is we have to be willing to stand. And when the attack of the enemy comes, we can't cower and we can't cave and we can't give in. I could have just retracted and said, okay, I'm gonna be silent right now as I go through this trial. But, but I really feel like the Lord says, no, you know, show the people that you trust me. Show the people that you're gonna press ahead. Show the people that even in the midst of your trial that you're gonna continue to be who I've called you to be. And I will be with you even until the end of the age. Because if we don't do that, and again, I told you how imperfect I am and how many mistakes I've made. And, you know, I'm a good repenter. The Lord said that to, I'm a good repenter. But the thing is, is that don't ever think that Pastor Todd is perfect. I'm not. But what I'm saying is, is that I ask the Lord for mercy if I do make a mistake, but I stand firm on the word of God. I'm willing to stand. I'm willing to press ahead. I'm willing to be. And I think that's, you know, hopefully we all have that heart, right? And, um, so let's, uh, if you guys got a couple questions, you know, we'll do a couple questions here before we go. But, you know, my heart is just to continue to be out here. And, and like I said, in the middle of this situation, I, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to cower. I'm not going to get fearful. In fact, I plan on speaking on Saturday on that stage that I was, you know, showing you guys today about uh, standing and not, not being fearful and afraid and, and the spirit of fear. So we're going to talk about some of those things. But, uh, Audrey, you're awesome. Good to see you on here. And you're absolutely right. We all make mistakes. Amy, you said, stand by the word of God. Hallelujah. Trina, Trina in the house. She said, holy fire of God is refining us. That's exactly right. You're exactly right. And uh, Kim, you said, amen. Uh, the word uh, regard no one any longer to the flesh, but we can ask for discernment and test the spirits. That's key. And I believe that we should do everything through the eyes of God's love. You're absolutely right. Hallelujah. Good, good, good comments there, guys. Good comments. Um, let me read up here if there's any other people that are saying, Trini said, thank you for standing, but God bless you, appreciate you. Uh, Debbie said, God is working in his time, not ours. Patience and faith is required. Uh, stand for what is right. And, and you know what? That's the question. It's like, how could we not stand for what's right, right? How could we not stand for our nation? How can we not stand for our children, for their future, for the future of this nation that so many people have fought for, 
you know, before us, that have gone before us and that have stood and that have fought, you know, and this is our time. And I, again, I don't mean fighting in violence. I mean, fighting and standing, standing in our faith, becoming prayer warriors, intercessors, um, fasting, you know, using the tools that God has given us, speaking the word of God, which is truth. The Bible says the truth sets the captive free. The word of God is not returned back void, right? Um, Valerie, you said, can I ask what your lawsuit is about? Well, I just want to tell you this. It's definitely not anything criminal. I have not done anything wrong, uh, you know, at all legally. Uh, but what it is, it's harassment. There's a company that wants to harass me. Uh, and what they do is they use these big companies to harass people that are outspoken. I was walking around over here in Tampa backstage and talking to a lot of the speakers. And you know how many people uh, are, are going through things in that group? Almost all of them. So what they're trying to do, just like they did with Donald Trump, is they find people like us that are outspoken, that are out there, that are speaking truth, and they target us, and they just find little harassing things. They can go after our ministry. They can go after our nonprofit. They can go whatever they can do to try to intimidate us and silence us. And so that's what's going on. You know, there's nothing like from a, you know, trust me, I would be very honest with you guys. Like if I did something or whatever, I'd be like, yes, I did this. And I was foolish or whatever, but there's nothing like that that I need to say because that didn't happen. You know, I'm just being me. You know me. I'm out here doing what I do, saying what I say, and that is the crime, ladies and gentlemen. That is the crime to them, but it's not a crime according to the Constitution. We have freedom of speech. I have not done anything illegal. I have not done anything wrong, but, um, you know, anyway, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be done very soon here, and we're going to put it behind us and move forward. Uh, but, you know, we all got to go through this harassment right now because what it is, is it's a spiritual battle between light versus darkness. And this is a spiritual battle. And so the people that are out there standing for the truth and righteousness and talking about what's going on, pushing back against this deep state communist demonic agenda, you know, we're over the target. And so therefore we're being harassed and we're being targeted because there's a target on our back. And what they want to do is they want to scare us. Again, it's that fear. Same thing with COVID, same thing with all these different things. The truth is the crime, <laughs> that's, right? That's what Audrey, I think you just said that. That's the crime to them. They want you to capitulate. They want you to give in. They want you to, you know, look, they're telling you the sky is red. You better believe the sky is red. If you say the sky is blue, we are coming after you. You're a racist. You're a hater. You know, you're do that's what they want. The, the sky is red. And if you say the sky is blue, we're coming after you. And I'm like, okay, I'm a pastor. I got to tell the truth. You know, the sky's blue. Oh my gosh, he said the sky's blue. Go after him. Go after him. So that's what it is. It's ridiculous. How crazy, right? But this is the kind of stuff that's going on. It's just like on social media. You know, they, they still allow me to have the page, thank you, Jesus. But but they don't, uh, they don't like, uh, you know, allowing me, you know, it's censored, it's suppressed. It's, you know, that's what they do. They, they don't like people talking truth. They don't want people waking up. And I will tell you that today, there was a crowd, thousands and thousands of people. This, every time it gets bigger, and this is their worst nightmare, every time it gets bigger, and they're, they're seeing what we're seeing, and they're like, oh my goodness, more of them. They're, they're multiplying. Yeah, well, because the truth sets the captive free. So more and more people are waking up, they're multiplying, and then they're looking like, who are the people that are telling people the sky is blue? Well, it's that pastor. He's telling people the sky will target him, target him. Unbelievable. But you know what? I was, uh, 
I was raised a certain way and I was taught certain things. And uh, I think many of you understand this and uh, it's made me into the person that I am today. And so I'm not just somebody that just gives in. Yes, the sky is red. You're right, the sky is red. There's a lot of people that do that. There's a lot of people that pressure comes on and they just say, yes, okay, the sky's red. And they put their head down and they say, well, at least I'll be able to work and at least I'll be able to make money, you know, and at least I won't be the target. But see, that's the wrong way to think about this because if they haven't come after you today or you maybe think that you got away with it today, they'll come back again. They don't stop. They don't stop coming back until they know that you know what kind of battle you're in and you rise up in the, as the warrior you are and you fight in the way that the Lord has shown us to do according to the word of God, which again, our battle is not against flesh and blood. We become intercessors, we become prayer warriors, we become stronger and rooted and planted in our faith like a tree that's planted by the water and we understand what we gotta do fast and do the things that God has taught us because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And that is the enemy's worst nightmare. And so yes, they're in panic mode, Debbie, that's right. They are in panic mode and they're pushing this S1. Yeah, they're pushing it hard. And McConnell was out there, you know, one time he's actually kind of standing saying, you know, we're going to push back against S1 and we're going to block it. But even Manchin seems like he's capitulated a little bit here. You know, and this S1 is one of the most damaging bills in our nation's history. It will literally be a federal takeover if it passes. Please, Lord, don't let it pass. Call your senators. Tell them you're against it. They are trying to do a federal takeover of the elections. Why? because of the uh, legislators in these Republican states that have you know, tightened the voter laws so that the fraud is harder to do because of what just happened. I mean, you know, they tell us voter ID is voter suppression. It's not voter suppression. You need to have an ID to get on a plane. You need to have an ID to buy alcohol. You need an ID to buy cigarettes. You need an ID to just about everything today. But for some reason they say, well, it's suppression because African-Americans don't have IDs. Really? Because every African-American I know has IDs. What are you trying to insult them? What, they're like lower or something? No, they're not. See, one minute you're saying we need to be apologizing for being white. And then at the, the very next breath, you're saying that African-Americans don't have IDs. Really? Because I know a lot of smart, well-read, professional, amazing African-American people that are just as smart, if not smarter than me. So you're going to tell me that they're, they're not able to get an ID? Really? Come on. Or whatever race that they're saying is being suppressed. No, what's being suppressed is voter fraud. That's what's being suppressed. And they know it, and we know it, and they know we know it but they're still pushing it through. Crazy, right? All right, guys, I think I've talked about a lot, of, a lot of controversial things today. Pray for me. Love you guys. Appreciate you. God is with us. He is with us even until the end of the age. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. I will say it again and again. There are angels encamped around us. Blessings to you. Blessings to you. Thank you for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow. Love you guys. Have a great day.